0: Hey bunch of besties, welcome back to another episode of Bunch of Beauties. My name
1: is Sam Prevo and as always I am joined by Jennifer Molia. We're recording uh, during the morning again and I don't like how my voice sounds when I wake up so this is gonna be a really fun hour of me thinking I sound bad. Let's go.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And Ariel Melendez also there well we're waking up we're waking up we're getting from there work today which is lovely because yesterday was a bunch of hell but <laughs> we are here and we are trying to thrive we
0: That's are a bunch, bunch of hell i've been <laughs> i've been uh i've been awake the longest out of the three of us yeah and i had coffee so i'm ready to go
1: i'm excited for you
0: Thank you. I'm excited for myself, honestly. Like feeling awake is not something that I feel very often, so I'm going to ride the ride Mood. this high while it lasts. Um, but you may have noticed that at the beginning of when I introduced the podcast, uh, I did not mention that we are presented by Pucker Up Sports, um, and that's because we have a little announcement to make. Um, after many weeks of discussion between the three of us, um, we decided that we. Uh, would like to go our separate ways from Pucker Up Sports. It's nothing against the company. It's nothing malicious or um, negative about Pucker Up Sports. It's just that uh, the pandemic affected the company. Obviously, it affected many companies. And they are headed in a new direction uh, coming next season. And we just felt that we did not fit that plan anymore and that we could grow more. Uh, as an independent brand, uh, an independent podcast. So we went our separate ways with Pucker Up and we have started our own social media accounts and we are going to commission uh, new graphics. So those are coming your way. Right now we're kind of in like a temporary state with that. But for now you can make, uh, I'll uh, kind of like give the tag again, but at the end of the show, but you can follow us on Twitter now at Pod. On Twitter. That's going to be our new Twitter account. We're hoping to be much more active on social media and Twitter and talking to you guys and maybe we'll get into the space of mailbags or things like that in the future. Uh, we have a lot of plans in mind. Um, so we're really, really excited for this next chapter. And we're so grateful for everything that Pucker Up Sports um Did for us. I mean, most of us, uh, I think all three of us, we were here there for at least a year before we started the podcast I and uh, as writers and we just I mean, I'm not going to speak for uh, Ariel and Jen, but I have wonderful memories associated with working for Pucker Up and it helped me. Just with my writing and my leadership skills and all those kinds of things so this this is in no way a knock on pucker up or anything mean or anything like that it's just a move we decided was necessary to make and we wish everyone over there all the best Nikki and the rest of the team um and yeah that's all I have to say about it do you guys want to add anything
1: I mean yeah agreed 100% um I think we all enjoyed our time there so much I will probably still have writing there just because I don't really have a home for any sports stuff that I want to write so um probably question mark keep an eye out question mark um but yeah I mean I think Ariel and I agree with pretty much everything Sam said that um you know that that was a really good place for us to grow our writing and was an awesome place um, for us to start this little journey and we're just excited for what's to come in the future. We already have some tweets up kind of reintroducing ourselves, which was fun to do. I I suffer from Miss Imposter syndrome. So when I get to type out all the things I've done for an introduction post, that's a nice little ego <laughs> boost for me. Um but but yeah, I mean Sam pretty much covered it. We're very thankful for them. Um, for helping us get this off the ground and yeah absolutely no drama or bad blood or anything just vibes as usual
0: (laughs) we should have named the podcast no hockey just vibes
1: that's what it is (laughs) that's literally what it is
0: yeah yeah i mean i don't i don't
2: really have much to add that hasn't already been said um just kind of reiterating like that you know, this was not an easy decision Mm-mm. for us to make. Sure. You know, we we did talk about it for, like, a, lo- a long time, I think. Yeah. We had this yeah. discussion of what we were going to decide to do. And, like like Sam and Jen said, no bad blood. Like, this this is just kind of us looking to grow. And still thankful for everything that Nikki and, and Pucker Up did for us and, and did for me personally. Um, yeah, I, I can't really say anything that hasn't already, already been said. Um, about everything,
0: yeah. and uh, cool. yeah, so just keep an eye out for for what they're gonna be doing next season because I'm sure it'll be great no matter what format it ends up in or how big or small the team is. Uh, I know Nikki has a lot going on and she has a lot in the works for Pucker up and the way she wants to continue going forward. So again, all the best of luck to them. Um, and we're gonna you know keep on going and start this new journey and hopefully make the podcast bigger and better than it's ever been. um, yeah. So that is all. That's the housekeeping, I guess, out of the way. <laughs> um, before we started the call, Jen had something she wanted to share with us, but she wanted to wait. So let's let's hear what Jen has to say.
1: I just thought it would be funny. So, um, did you guys see? This is has multiple parts. Um, Mr. Jack Eichel has decided to take the Twitter world by storm. I did um, see this. Yeah. So, oh, of course. So he has. I want to see how many followers he ha- he's up to because the last time I tracked, I still had more followers than him. Okay, <laughs> now so he's up to almost seven thousand now. Um, his bio is just number nine with an American flag, very classic. His header is like him looking out on the water with the sunset, very funny. Um,
0: this so is so relatable. More,
1: uh, so true. I too look at the sunset. Jack Eichel um this is just more of a funny Jen Little moment but I thought we would all enjoy it um so you know how sometimes like people will make accounts that look like official accounts and instead of the verified thing like they put like a smiley face or something yes and like it takes you a second to like realize it's not yeah the the, the new
0: one's like the number seven in a little circle or something yeah Yeah, it looks like yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. so
1: somebody made a Jack Eichel one um that was like the same like photo header bio everything but the only tweet on the account was like i still want out or something like that (laughs) or like i still want to get traded and i literally thought it was the account so you can imagine the the panic that that stirred in me it was probably like late at night like i was probably tired and i was like holy shit like jack eichel like is, has Twitter for a day and decides to choose violence no, so I'm I, like I'm and like I see like, the tweet too yeah I'm like looking account. at the quote tweets I'm like scrolling through the replies I'm like how are more people not talking about this like Jack Eichel just like requested a trade on Twitter like what the heck like what is happening and then I like saw that it wasn't him and I was like oh like understood um but, I just
0: so I just went to look up Jack Eichel's account yeah he is the seventh search result that comes yeah, up when I search his name. He, he does not come up right away. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I you. thought
2: that too. I looked it up too and I was like, wait, does is is his account still there? Because it like took me a He has to not find tweeted.
0: It. I so this is how like out of the loop and how little like I pay attention to this kind of stuff. I thought he already had Twitter. So when I heard all this, I was like, I was like, what why are we all talking about Jack Eichel on Twitter suddenly? He has a Twitter. Yeah. No, Sam, he does not have a Twitter. He just yeah. made one. So I, I the reason I found out that he made a Twitter was because someone I know pointed out that the Sabers didn't follow him on Twitter right away.
1: Oh, that's kind of funny. But then
0: they ended up following him. Um, I so I don't know if that was just like, I don't know how that I I don't know.
1: I've yeah. seen all the um all the screenshots of like people photoshopping like future Columbus Blue Jacket like into his oh my bio. God which was funny. I've seen a couple ones. Twitter had a good time. Somebody DM'd him, hey Jack, and he said yo, and they said New York Rangers and Jack did not respond. Um, <laughs> another funny one that I saw was this girl. I talked about her on the podcast a couple weeks ago because she tweeted something really funny. Her at is Ava Tarrant. Ava Tarrant. She tweeted, Jack Eichel's first tweet will be him announcing that he's been traded by posting this and nothing else. And it's one of those like lawn signs, like have you seen when people graduate? Like, it's each yeah. letter of their name. Yeah. But it says, Divorced AF. And there's, like, <laughs> all these little stickers. It says, like, Jackpot, Wild and Free, Mission Complete, hashtag done, like, little champagne bottles. And, like, I why can't. can I see him doing that? Like, I he's so extra. Like, I can see it.
0: Um, I don't want to interrupt, but uh, the Canadian <laughs> women's soccer team just won the gold medal. Good for
1: them! They <gasps> defeated
0: Sweden. And Eddie Lack tweeted, to all of you, hope your maple syrup goes bad today. And then put a GIF of uh, Andy Cohen from Bravo going mute. Uh, So I guess he's not going to be on Twitter today. So if you don't, if you uh, keep up with Eddie Lack, he probably won't be on Twitter today or he'll just be chirping uh, Canadian soccer fans because they lost they uh defeated Sweden to get the gold medal in the Olympics but I thought that was funny um but back to Jack Eichel
1: um wait Eddie (laughs) this is so sad his tweet before was share the gold question mark question mark
0: oh yeah because of the two uh athletes that shared the shared the gold medal because they tied in like the um pole vaulting
1: whatever happens now Canada we are still friends after right just a warning you might have to mute me for the next hour though it's okay can't win 2-1 without your opponent opponent scoring
0: Eddie Lack is a gem and uh we're friends on Facebook and he invited me to like his real his real estate his realty page because he is a real estate agent now in Arizona and I find it sweet that he thinks that I would <laughs> want to get information about or ultimately buy a property from him in arizona
1: yeah so keep okay. it up
0: eddie we love you
1: he's such a good twitter follow the, I, the... I want
0: him to do the siren in in the in carolina so bad because i just <laughs> i just want him to come <laughs> out to a game and like tailgate with us and like get tacos and everything it would just be, that great. Would be
1: so fun i
0: passed by the so this is like a complete tangent but that's
1: okay um
0: in carolina when he was here he so for those who don't know eddie lack loves tacos
1: Um, They're his
0: favorite food. He has a taco tattoo, actually. Um, But I guess local businesses caught wind of this, and there's this restaurant in Raleigh called Gonza Tacos, and they did a a sponsorship with Eddie, and he was in commercials on TV for Gonza Tacos, and he'd be like, (laughs) get your tacos at Gonza, and whatever. and. I have a doctor's office that's right by Gonza Tacos. And so every time I drive by, I just see Eddie Lack in my head in the commercial being like, Get tacos at Gonza. And so true. I will one day get tacos <laughs> at Gonza when I don't have to rush back home from my from my doctor's appointment. But
1: So true. That but, was that was a nice little opening. That was a
0: little tangent. But anyway, let's get back to business with Jack Eichel because there is drama as always. <laughs> yes. Of course. On- so it, was, it wasn't It was that reason, but we didn't really talk about it. He put out a statement via his agents, um, basically continuing to stir the pot with the Sabres because he really, 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 really wants to get traded. And yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, he's looking for... This is the way I see it anyway. He's looking for leverage because the Sabres control his medical records. I know one of the hangups with some of the teams he was trying to like get traded to is that the Sabres refused to send over his medical records. And there's nothing really that Jack Eichel can do about that. Um, So that's one thing that is at Jack Eichel's disadvantage. The other thing is, is that the Sabres have a whole year before, well, a little less now, but a whole year before his no move clause kicks in. So for the next year, The Sabres can trade him wherever they want to trade him to. So they don't necessarily have to rush in trading him because they have 31 other options. It's not like a, a situation where they only have a finite amount of teams and Jack's putting the pressure on. So he's trying to put the pressure on them in any way he can. And so one of the big sticking points has been this medical stuff going on with Jack. He has a disc issue in his neck a sports hernia or something like that. I don't remember. It's a herniated disc in his neck, right?
1: Yeah, so, I believe so.
0: And so he wants he wants a surgery. He wants like disc replacement or something in his neck. And the Sabres refused to give him this, the, the surgery. I, I'm going to try to find this statement, but the whole thing is just very contentious. And Jack is, like I said, trying to get leverage so he can... Eventually get traded because he I, he does not want to be in Buffalo anymore. I think we can pretty much deter like infer that one um, could
1: deduce. This you is know. this
0: is the statement from his. So it was said to be a statement from him, but it's a, it's through his agents. Um, yeah. It says this. This is all from the agents. The process is not working, which origin like automatically is a red flag. As previously stated, we we fully anticipated a trade by the start of the NHL free agency period. Some other people expected it earlier than that at the draft. Um, After the agreed upon and prescribed period for conservative rehabilitation lapsed in early June 2021, it was determined by the Sabres medical staff that a surgical procedure was required. The recommendation by Jack's independent neurosurgeon, other spine specialists consulted, and the surgery Jack feels most comfortable having in order to correct a herniated disc in his neck is to proceed with artificial disc replacement surgery it's a very long run-on sentence a further point of concern is that our camp was initially under the impression that the saber specialist was in agreement with the surgery until that was no longer the case what is being left out of the discussion is that jack would be able to play in the nhl for the start of the season pending medical clearance if he were allowed to have the surgery he desires even at as of this date which was july 30th Um, repeated requests have been made to the Sabres since early June to no avail the process is stopping Jack from playing in the NHL and it is not working and that's from his agents Peter Fish and Peter Donatelli so Peter squared Um, (laughs) so true so it's not great Uh, I fully anticipate that he will be traded but my thing is now let's say he gets traded let's say to the
1: Rangers or wherever else you know, hypothetically. Will
0: they then have to give him the surgery and then he's out for however long it is to recover from that?
1: That's what I was trying to figure out because if the whole thing is that the sabers are kind of like holding his medical stuff hostage, like what happens when the medical stuff like gets to spread its little wings and fly like does he just go to another team and he's like hey thanks appreciate you i'm going to be out for the next million years like cuz right. that's fun for no one and like i know that the whole like joke meme is like haha jack eichel's a drama queen just because it's funny but like this this is like serious you know like this isn't just like lol jack eichel hates buffalo and wants to get traded like this statement made me go like oh poopy like that's that's a big deal I don't know why I said poopy we can say bad words but that's funny um (laughs) but that's generally like my stance like I was on the train on my way into the city when I read this and like was not fully processing it and then I got home and read again and I was like oh that's like ooh, yeah so yeah that's kind of what I've been thinking is does he just get to a new team and then he's like hey i need to have surgery <laughs> i also
0: because i mean as we all know when a player goes from one team one team to another and trade it has to ha- there has to be medical clearance they have to have they have to they yeah. have to clear a physical so if the sabers are refusing to give jack eichel this the surgery that he needs and technically they're saying that he's not nhl ready until he has this surgery uh if he gets traded do they just like make that an exception in the in the physical and then if he if everything else checks out aside from this thing that we know is wrong with him it's okay is there like is that an exception to the rule like I don't know how any of that's gonna work because I do know that you have like when you get treated you have to clear a physical you have you have to be deemed physically able to play so yeah I don't I, I don't know how that works yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I I actually, that's a good point, because I didn't even, like, I didn't even think about the fact that, like, he would obviously have to clear a physical, so I would think he's gotta have, see, I don't even know, I would think he would need to have the surgery before he gets traded, but, like, if Buffalo, if if it's all true, um, obviously, because this has been a whole mess that I don't even know what the yeah. truth yeah, is Yeah, it's kind
0: of like a he said, they said, right? Because the Sabres mm-hmm. haven't, like, said anything about this stuff except, yeah. like, if Jack's here, he's here. If he's not, he's not. That's basically been their stance on it. Yeah,
2: so so there's really no, like, that's why I just want to say, like, if it's all true, like, and Buffalo's really, like, withholding the surgery, like, that's, I I feel like kind of a big reason why he hasn't been traded, because you would would be under the assumption that he would need to have it before he's traded so he could hypothetically clear a physical. Mm -hmm. But who, maybe because this is something that's well-known, and a team knows the like quote-unquote well not even quote-unquote like the risk they're taking basically by acquiring him maybe then it is like as long as he passes everything else so there's nothing we don't know about Mm -hmm. then maybe he could hypothetically get traded and then the team's like here have the surgery like I don't I don't know if that's necessarily how it would work but that feels like maybe since it's such a well-known thing and as long as they don't find anything else then like Okay, hey, you're good to be traded, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't
0: really know. I don't know either. And then I also wonder if that affects the trade value, right? Um probably true. I'm thinking. Cuz I feel like as the I mean, we saw this when when the Sabres traded Ryan O'Reilly as well. Like as the clock ticks and like you realize that the player, I mean, at this point I I mean, as we get closer and closer to training camp, I just doubt more and more that Jack Eichel will show up um at at this point oh absolutely so as you get closer and closer to that date when you know he's not going to show up to camp you're I keep saying I keep mentioning leverage but the leverage gets less and less and less so at what point I mean they want to they don't want to retain right so at what point does it become okay we'll retain but you give us more or you get we don't retain but then you give us less like what (laughs) When does the this massive package that they're allegedly looking for, when do they have to like look at that and say, all right, well, we're not going to get this clearly. We need to reevaluate because we need something to show for him if he's just not going to show up anymore. If he's not going to be a Buffalo Saber. <laughs> yeah. We know he's not going to be a Buffalo yeah. Saber anymore. So I find it interesting. I also um, saw some quotes from uh, John Sebastian Day um he said some stuff about Eichel he said what did he exactly say um he said this was an English translation from French so this is what he said about Jack Eichel he said I haven't had the chance to chat with him a lot I don't think he's a bad person when you get to know him but all I can tell you is he's not Sidney Crosby you see the difference in leaders when you walk into a room with Sidney Crosby no matter who you are your name your pick Your pick ranks or your draft rank, he'll take care of you. He will talk to you as if he were talking to a a fan, a young person he meets in the street. He's not a bad person, but there might also be reasons why Buffalo is in such a situation. I've worked with leaders during my career, and you often see the difference. You see the way he behaves off the ice. He's an excellent hockey player, but at the leadership level, I'm sure that with maturity and age he'll get better, but it's still pressure to be a captain and perform at that age. I don't think he's a leader you can find on the Penguins.
2: Oh, I'm still I'm still He's not Sidney
0: Crosby.
1: Yeah, that was <laughs> like that was a trip for sure.
0: I, I I remember when I first saw it. I felt a little vindicated, I guess, because I think people hype him up to be this like amazing, like you're never gonna see another player like him kind of kind of guy. And to have someone kind of like, and I think he thinks he's that way. I mean, I was talking about this with a family friend recently, and he was saying like. I mean, how would you feel if you know you were the consolation prize? Like you went into a city knowing <laughs> that you weren't their first choice. Because if you guys remember, like in 2015, the Sabers thought they were getting McDavid. Like there were people who already had made McDavid Sabers jerseys.
1: And if you if you recall, Steve Dangle um, was so lovingly calling the draft that year the jack off. Yes. To see. Who would get Jack Eichel second? Yes. Um, and we thought maybe the Leafs would. They would not. I just think that's funny. We can continue our professional little analysis. No, the Jack. Yeah, but
2: I, 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 feel like that's remember perfect. that. Perfect. I feel like that's a perfect. And I
0: think every time like, in t- the I thought I, I get so happy. I think Connor McDavid thought he was going to Buffalo because if you remember when they did the lottery and his face when Edmonton won, he was like, "Wait, what? I'm going. I'm going where? <laughs> like, li- like I'm. I'm serious. People had." mcdavid sabers jerseys buffalo is very close to erie pennsylvania where he played junior so like sabers fans went to erie to watch him play because they were like well we're gonna get him i want to see him play like it, it was all but in writing until the ping pong balls said otherwise um so i understand maybe that like pressure or feeling slighted or like having a chip on your shoulder because you think you're you know, you you know you weren't the city's first choice, but yeah. they adore him now. I mean, maybe not now as in like at eleven <laughs> oh four AM on August 6th, 2021. <laughs> but over the course of time, I mean, they made him captain. He's a pillar in the community they in Buffalo. Um, so I I understand it, but I also see John Sebastian Day's point of like, well, you're the captain of the Buffalo Sabers. You are supposedly a world-class hockey player. I mean, you can't. I I wonder how far the excuse of age runs because Sidney Crosby was made captain mm-hmm. at a very young age. Jonathan Taves was made captain at a very young age. Gabriel Landeskog was made captain at a very young age. So was Connor McDavid, and they're all considered top-tier leaders in the league from that point. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, so, I I feel like
1: every time a kind of younger guy is made captain whether that's 18 19 20 like whatever it is everybody is always like he's too young he can't be a leader he needs to have experience and then like a year in everybody's over it and like the person's doing fine like I really can't remember a case where there's been a really young captain and everyone's freaked out over it and then like the freak out was warranted and like something went horribly wrong like the the most recent example i can think of is mcdavid where everyone was like oh my god he's so young why are they doing this and then in like a couple months everybody was over it and everybody loved mcdavid again so like <laughs> yeah it's the, the age argument is just like weird to me because i feel like people only really care about it when there's like a new captain announcement or like a new big player that's young and then in like a couple months they're like oh, like, it's fine. Like, I don't really care.
0: (laughs) I wonder, I mean, I don't want to, Ariel. if you want to say something, I don't want to, like, keep railroading you.
2: No, you're, you're, (laughs) no, you're good. I don't Um, have much to say. I want you on your soapbox.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I wonder how much, I'm just thinking out loud now, I wonder how much seeing the way Ryan O'Reilly handled things affected how he saw things. Because Ooh, Ryan O'Reilly, because I mean, I have a lot I could say about the Ryan O'Reilly thing because I very feel very opinionated on it. I don't particularly like him, but I think he handled that situation very poorly. I think it's very when you're a leader, you are expected to carry your team even through the tough times. And I think in Buffalo, when things got really bad, he just was like I'm sad I hate hockey I don't want to be here anymore and like threw a fit basically until he got traded when he suppo- he was a yeah. captain I think at the time as well and he you know you you have an I mean you can say you can believe anything you want but to go out there while the team is struggling to be in the media every day being like I hate it here I lost this team killed my love for hockey I I need to leave now and like how do you think the other guys feel about you saying that And they have to stay. Like, they don't have the leverage that you have. Yeah. I I, I think it's just a horrible look. I don't don't know. Maybe that's, like, me still having some, maybe, like, being ingrained with, like, from my parents, like, old school ways of viewing, like, that situation. But I just think there's a certain way to, like, carry yourself and how to handle these kinds of things. And I feel like we're seeing history repeat itself. So I don't know if it's, like, just the Sabres org that's, like, cursed and, like, whatever goes on up there, I don't know. Or is this, like, just Jack Eichel being like, well, I saw Ryan O'Reilly throw a fit and he got he got sent away. Maybe if I throw a fit, I'll get sent away because just simply asking for it's not working anymore. And being, being cordial in the media is not working anymore.
1: Yeah, the whole, like, requesting a trade or wanting to be traded thing, like, always makes my brain hurt because it's, like there's never one set way to go about it because I feel like you do have cases like you mentioned Sam where like the player just like has a little tantrum moment and they're like okay you want to leave like bye bestie like see you later but then you also have times where like you know again the joke is like haha Jack Eichel drama queen but like I feel like he hasn't gone about it in the worst way and like you know look at what's happened this you know this most recent development like That was through his agent like that was probably like one of the most professional ways you could have gone about it he could have as I was bamboozled into thinking he could have just tweeted (laughs) I "I want out you know (laughs) and tag the buffalo sabers yeah you know like buffalo
0: sabers trade me
1: let me out let me out um but yeah I mean that that's why it's so tricky because I feel like um not to be repetitive but you do have those situations where somebody just kind of Throws a fit and gets to leave. And then you have Eichel who has gone about it in a little bit of a better way and is still kind of stuck. So it it makes you wonder. I mean, because at the end of the day, you know, even though we work in sports, heavy air quotes on work in sports, like we're fans. So, like, when we think about this stuff and talk about this stuff, you know, I wonder a lot, like, you know, like, was it, was it really? I literally just got a notification that. Um, Blue Seat Blogs tweeted, Hi at Jack Eichel, see you soon, hashtag New York Rangers. (laughs) And then his reply was, (laughs) David from Blue Seat again, Please like this tweet if you're being held against your will at Jack Eichel. We will organize a rescue effort this weekend. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I think these kinds of situations just make us wonder, like, what is it actually like? Like, can you just kind of stroll up to your GM and be like, Hey, big boss man, it's been fun, but I I'm I'm gonna head out. Like Peace. <laughs> yeah.
0: later. It's not um have you guys I think we've talked about this. We talked about this in like one of the first episodes. Have you guys ever seen Slapshot? I still yeah. haven't. Okay, well, Jen, for since you haven't seen it, there's a scene, yeah. there's a scene, it's a very famous like sports movie scene, but there's a scene where one of the players comes in the the office of the of the owner and says, trade me right fucking now. And like, starts screaming because he wants to get traded. Um, I don't think we'll see that with Jack Eichel. I don't think we'll see that. No. Would be hilarious though. I don't think we'll see that in, in the modern day with any player. But I think I think no. that's essentially what Jack Eichel's saying, like through all his statements and any, everything. And
2: and underlying, words. I do think
0: now using the agents is a better way than I think he was at the like with with his exit interview and the way he handled that mm. and things like that. I, I mean, I understand the exasperation, but like I said, there's kind of a there's a, there's a right way to go about things Because like the media just want to Like hear about this season They don't need you to like They understand you're frustrated They don't need to hear you start like screaming That like you hate your life and you want to get traded or whatever um, <laughs> But yeah I mean we'll see what happens I mean I think I've kind of accepted now Like I, I've i talked about this before I don't want him on the Rangers But I think I've accepted that this is an inevitability But um, <laughs> Alex Georgiev, the backup goalie for the Rangers, he hasn't formally requested a trade, but I think if there's the opportunity for him to be a starter somewhere, he'll take it. Because I think at I think yeah. at this point it's pretty obvious that he is capable of being an NHL starting goaltender and he's yeah. 24, 25 years old. So he, you know, he's at the
1: right age for it to take that step. I was gonna oh. say he's kind of in a weird spot because like he is talented obviously and like Sam and I I think especially know from following the Rangers so closely like he is very talented and I do agree that he's capable of being a starter but I think that the Rangers are just in a spot where like he's never gonna like what's the word he's never gonna like usurped oh, that well, position. I think like he's never going to be oh, able to Egor- get there
0: on e- the Rangers. Egor is, is the Rangers' number one goaltender for the foreseeable future, barring anything. Yeah, no lovely. matter what. Um, exactly. So I, I I wonder now if that's where the where this is going to go, that the Rangers trade Georgiev to Buffalo as part of this package that eventually formulates that <laughs> both sides can agree on because apparently they've been going back and forth, back and forth for like over a year now about this Eichel package and nothing's been able to stick, I think, for for it's because the sabers really want to try to get capilcaco or one of the top defensemen from the rangers and and the rangers that hurts and the rangers are saying like no um because i so think bad. also Kean- nah. keandre miller may have been in discussions before he really made the team so uh i i think there's just a lot of back and forth about what this package looks like um so we'll. See, I mean, I think that's why uh, the draft discussion was there because the Rangers had the fifteenth overall pick and the Sabres wanted multiple, f- like top half first round picks. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see how this all shakes out. But I definitely see Georgiev potentially as part of this package because the Sabres goalies right now are Craig Anderson, who's uh, like forty three, and uh, Aaron <laughs> Dell, who hasn't consistently been uh... in the NHL in a very long time. So. Ar- Arendelle, like, in Frozen. Yes, Arendelle. The yes. fact
2: that you were also so close on Anderson's
0: age. Oh, he's
2: 42? He's 40. Like, I didn't realize he was in his 40s.
0: Yeah, he's in his 40s, and he was, like, retired, but then wasn't retired, and, like, played in one game for the Capitals. Yeah. It, was a- it was a ride. It's been a ride. Say, I him.
2: truthfully <laughs> forgot he did play like because I remember when he when he signed it I told my friend I was like I was like they signed Craig Anderson because we were like they have no goalies like they literally yeah they literally goalies. didn't have any
0: goalies because they lost Linus Olmark and they didn't get any of the free agent goalies. and I was and I was like oh yeah he
2: played one game for the Capitals I was like oh yeah that happened that's right he came back and said uh, yeah I'll play one game for you guys But, um, I don't know, this whole situation is just so much fun when you're not, like, when you're not involved in it, when there's no, like, thought. I mean, I don't think there's any thought of the Flyers doing anything, so it's just fun to watch it from, like, the outside and just wait for, like, the (laughs) the other shoe to drop or just wait for things to finally, like, not, like, explode, but just finally, like, happen. Because I think it's very similar to what's going on with the Blues and Tarasenko. Is the whole like medical stuff and yeah. like waiting to trade because it's a similar situation to like the value at some point? You know how how long is it before the value starts to drop on, on what you're going to get? Because that's the that's the whole thought with Tarasenko is they waited too long and now mm-hmm. all these players are signed and like your value is almost nothing at this point. Um, I mean I think it's a slightly different situation just because Tarasenko's had the surgeries already. Mm -hmm. um and it's just more like is he gonna be the player he was and and with Eichel it's like is he gonna have the surgery at this Mm -hmm. point but I I think it's just it's just fun being on the outside and and having no like rooting (laughs) interest in it just to be able to sit back and just enjoy
0: yeah when I mean I again as a Rangers fan I'm not too thrilled about trading for Eichel I think it was most it's mostly because of those like maturity things and the leadership quality because the Rangers have had a lot of locker room issues and they finally at the end of last year seem to like have a good group. Um and they already kind of are blowing it up. They traded Pavel Buchnevich and all that kind of stuff. But um like wh- but then when I start to hear like that the value might go down and the sabres might even retain, I'm sitting there like, hmm, maybe this isn't too <laughs> I
2: th- terrible. I don't hate this. Like <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they're gonna
0: have to retain. I would think so. Either that, or the package is going to have to be less significant than what they're asking yeah. for. Because I think right now they're asking for like two NHL players. Yeah, they're um, asking and for... a first-round pick and an A prospect. Like that's a lot. Yeah, they're asking for more than yeah. they're
2: more than they're going to get. But I feel like you see that so often is these like outrageous packages that like teams want, and then the trade happens, and you're like, oh, that's it. <laughs> like I feel like we've seen that a lot this. This off season, um, I don't even know who specifically. Like, I feel like people were expecting like Reinhardt to get traded for more than he did, or because I think that was—I don't remember exactly what the trade was. But it was like a goaltender? Or was that his trade? I Which think. trade was that
0: again? Sorry, the Reinhardt trade. Oh, the Reinhardt trade. Yeah, it was a uh, Devin Levi yeah. and yeah. a first.
2: And it was like people were like, "Oh, that's it." Like. Yeah, so I think I think, mean, I think we're gonna had see no that leverage
0: there. Well, he was, true, true, true. He was an RFA, and they kept signing him to all these short contracts, and that relationship was complete. I think with both Eichel and Reinhardt, the the bridge is kind of burnt. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they like kind of had no when, choice. If, but yeah. I will say, Devin Levi is a great get because mm-hmm. now they have him, and then their other goaltending prospect, Ugo Pekarukinen. Um, are I. The fact that you said that name so easily. (laughs) Uh, This is what happens when your favorite player is a saber and you learn about the saber system. Um, Uh, But they don't think, I don't think either of them are near ready to make the jump, but I know that yeah. I'll call him UPL. UPL has suffered. Um, <laughs> no, I enjoyed
2: that you said that so clearly. Luko Pekalukanin. Um, I enjoyed that. So
0: continue. He he's suffered some injuries. He has. He already has a kind of like significant injury history for a young person. So I, I and I and he's. I don't think he's ready to make like the NHL jump to even mm-hmm. to backup yet um Mm -hmm. so to have Devin Levi as kind of insurance and he's been really really good and and the the Panthers have kind of a log jam because they have Bobrovsky tied up for so long and Spencer Knight um I think it made sense to kind of steal him away from them I mean I think that's a good you know no matter what I think for for your number two center to get a potential your future number one or one a goaltender that's something good to show for it I think that's Sick, even a significant improve, improvement on what they got for Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, with the, with <laughs> I feel like with the Sabers, we have to look at them through such a different uh, lens that it's like baby steps, small things. If we don't yeah. completely fuck up a trade, then it's still better than the the last one. So yeah, I'll I was
2: you, but yeah, that's I feel like that's a good I feel like that's a good point. You have to look at any trade they made as because I mean, obviously, like I love that trade. This so great, loved it so much. <laughs> even though I've wanted Ryan O'Reilly for like. Ever, but yeah, I think you kind of have to look at it through that light. Is if if they don't get completely like bulldozed in a trade, then like it's a win. Um, so I think that'll be something to look at this in this Eichel trade. Is if they get even anything of significant value at this point, um, for Eichel, it'll be a win just because, like, just because it'll be
0: over. Yeah, if we don't have to hear about it anymore. And it's super clear, I think, at this point that they're just gonna try to go for Shane Wright. So, so next year, which valid, he's a very, very good player. Um, he's the unanimous number one overall next year. Um, he plays for the, uh, I believe he still plays for the Kingston Frontenacs. Um, but I he's think so. He's insane. Like he's crazy good. He got um, exceptional status to play in the OHL, um, which means that you can get drafted before your before you're sixteen. Um, The last player to get exceptional status, I think, was, like, Sean Day, Um, which was a disaster. That sounds right. Yeah. That was a disaster, but that was so he wouldn't play for Team USA, so that was a whole, like,
1: (laughs) Canada-USA
0: debacle. Um Anyway, I think John Tavera has got exceptional status. Anyway, so it's, it's a very rare thing, and he's very, very good, and he's the unanimous number one overall pick next year. I And the Sabres are basically blowing this whole thing up. Uh, Owen Power will probably go back to Michigan, so they don't have him. Things are weird with Rasmus Dali, and he's still not signed. Uh, Jake McCabe left. Ra, ra, they, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen's gone. So they really don't have a whole lot in the way of bodies on that roster. Um and they have a 40-year-old goaltender being either starting or backing up Arendelle. Um Arundel So I think, I think it, 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 it's safe to say that we'll see them in the lottery at like one, two, or three next year. Um, and this is the thing that I thought about selfishly because my favorite player is still in Buffalo. Um, with Jack Eichel gone, who's the next captain of the Buffalo Sabres?
1: Right. Um, do like, they name one? Do nobody... they just
0: leave it alone? Do they? Because Kyle Okposo, I would think, would be like their number one choice, but he's not going to come back after next year. I mean, he should be. Exactly. He should be retired already. His brain is mush, probably. Um, he mm-hmm. cannot stop getting concussions, and and we, you know, we all know the stories about like when he was in the ICU and he was, you know, really really sick from the effects of concussions. Um, so he he his NHL career probably won't last much longer, and so I'm sitting there like, is Jeff Skinner? The next captain of the Buffalo Sabres?
1: Yeah, I... Is this what we're going to see? Was also, I was also thinking about it, and it was one of those times where, like, nothing was really jumping out at me. I had the same thought about Kyle Poso, and I was, like, you know, kind of having the same thought you did. He probably shouldn't still be playing hockey. I mean, more power to him, but for, for everybody's best interest, primarily his best interest, uh, probably not the best idea... And, yeah, I mean, who else is there to really go off of? You don't want to... I know I just went on a whole thing about it doesn't matter the age of a captain, but you don't want to, like, throw somebody who's been on the team for two seconds into it just because the Sabres are already a little bit of a dumpster fire, as we have previously explored. And I just think that would, um, you know, just throw a little throw a little more gasoline onto mm-hmm. it. Kerosene. What's the fire Kerosene. Thing? Is, yeah, know. you got it, yeah.
0: I... You know, I'm, I'm looking at their cap friendly now to see who they have signed. And yeah. I am sad. Good God. Yeah. Shall we go through the roster for fun? I am sad. I'd love to. So you have Jeff Skinner, obviously, the right. highest paid player aside from Jack Eichel. And he signed for right. the end of the 2026-2027 season. Jeez. So, ow. Um, Kyle Poso, Victor Olofsson, who's been who has broken out i will say i to his credit he's a very good ho- very good hockey player uh cody eakin zemgis gergensons ho- right anders yeah. bjork right James yeah. thompson i like him he's I, good
1: uh, yeah okay uh <laughs> <Vinnie> <laughs> Uh, he's good. They're all good. You know
0: what? Tage Thompson reminds me of Chris Kreider. Like, he's a big guy, but he doesn't use this. Like, he just doesn't feel big when he's on the ice. You know what I mean?
1: That's such a good comparison. Like, yeah. use
0: your size. You're ginormous. Like, body someone, please. Um, body someone. Vinny <laughs> Hinestroza, Dylan Cousins, who had a wonderful rookie year. He looks amazing. If they can hold on to him and, like, keep him happy, that'll be great for them. He's <sighs> a seal. Um, he seems him and Jeff Skinner, are like the only people who have nice things to say about Buffalo, um, Rasmus Asplund, Ryan McInnis. Don't know who that is. Drake Kajula, John Hayden, who I like a lot, actually. And Casey, yes. Casey Middlestat's in RFA. They haven't signed him yet either. Um, and then on defense, you have Colin Miller, Will Butcher, Robert Haig, Mark Pissing, uh-huh. Jacob Bryson, and then Darlene and Henry Okihariu who are probably their two best defensemen at this point, are both RFAs. They are not signed yet. So it, things are bleak. Things are very, very, yeah, those were very names. bleak. Those were some names right there. And those, were names. those I were briefly, bleak. briefly forgot
2: that Robert Haig was the one who got traded to Buffalo in the Ristalayan <laughs> deal. And that's why I was like, oh yeah, that's right. He's not here anymore.
1: I'm also just looking at because I pulled up their Cap Friendly Tune. We were going through it, and like t- 20, the end of 2022, 2023 is just gonna be A fire um, sale. Yeah, that's that's gonna be <laughs> their their entire defense. Yeah, so
0: at the end of this season, their entire defense pretty much are free agents of some kind. Uh Jeez. and they have one, two, three, four, five, six. Of their forward core, uh, are a, a free agent of some sort. So, geez. can't wait. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a long haul that Jeff Skinner's in for till twenty twenty seven. But I mean that contract. Go I ahead. love him to death. That contract is untradeable. Um, Yeah, but things are just looking really rough. I mean, we we like to be mean to Buffalo and like criticize them, and we've talked about them a lot in the in the twenty weeks that we've been doing the show now. But oh my god, happy twenty! We can legally drink next, but yeah, Uh, (laughs) might want to start a little early. Um, Looking at this (laughs) roster, Uh, but yeah, things are just not looking great in Buffalo, and I just. Because I know, like, because, like, I've gotten to know the organization and, like, I've been up there a lot, it's so sad to see this happen because this was such a great, consistently, like, successful, contending organization for so long. And I know that the Pagulas in a lot of ways, have really helped the city of Buffalo, and they've helped build up the city of Buffalo, because they pretty much own, like, almost everything in Buffalo, if you look around, but... Mm -hmm. what they've done to the the sabers because they do have they own the bills but they are not as involved as they are with the sabers it's kind of a stipulation of them owning the bills they don't have as much say in things as they do with the sabers and just seeing what they're doing with the sabers you can understand why the people who run the bills are like Nah, like we we good just write the checks please um (laughs) like we good it's just I, I, my heart breaks, especially for the fans, because they do it because Buffalo sports fans are very dedicated and they I mean, if you if you saw when they made their draft pick, they had like people behind like fans behind like they had fans show up to this draft pick announcement when they know their organization's a dumpster fire and they were still there like in face paint with their foam fingers and their jerseys and stuff like I I I. People like shit on Buffalo for being like a bad city or whatever. I've always really enjoyed my time there. And I think it just, I don't know. I just think the city deserves better than this because they, I mean, after like all their years, like I said, all their years of success, especially as recently as the early 2000s, going to like the Eastern Mm -hmm. Conference finals and what, and the Stanley Cup finals in 1999. Like they just deserve better than this constant bottom of the barrel hockey.
1: Yeah. I, I, that, that's that's it. a little
0: bow on that because i'm sad let's let's get happy because i'm um, sad uh ariel I, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about uh the the flyers maybe we shouldn't if we're gonna be, like, get happier. To be happy um yeah really but they've made a lot of changes to their roster uh, especially on free agency day um i think the biggest thing they the, i think the two biggest names i guess were keith yandel Signing from uh, Florida after getting bought out, which had Kevin Hayes' meddling written all over it. And they also Mm. signed Martin Jones to a contract. uh, (laughs) To a contract.
1: uh, A $2 million
0: a year contract. I just wanted to know, because we haven't talked a lot about the Flyers and and they've made a lot of changes. So I I guess I wanted to give you the floor if you wanted it to talk, (laughs) like to share your thoughts on the yeah. The changes they've made in the direction they seem to be going in
2: yeah I'll, I'll start with the whole with, um, with the Keith Yandel thing because I was listening to a Flyers podcast the other day and it had Hayes and Yandel on it um so it was kind of, it's kind of fresh in my mind when when you talk about the like that has Kevin Hayes written all over which like it it absolutely did um because um when Yandel was asked like did it did Kevin have a have something to do with it and it a little bit. Um. Obviously, the, they're they've been best friends. Um. For a very long time, and it's always that you want to play. You want to play with your best friend. It would be the coolest
0: thing, ever. But and they Yana already was, have played together.
2: Yeah, and so kind of getting reunited. Like he, I think he, Hayes said after. Where was he before? Um. Or no, when when Hayes they played
0: in New, played in New York together. Yeah,
2: that's what I was literally couldn't remember when. I think when he went to, like, after Winnipeg, like, when he was going to be, like, traded or signed somewhere else, like, there was the joke of, like, oh, come to Florida, like, it would be cool to play with you in Florida, and then he he comes to the Flyers, and it's like, oh, come to Philly, Keith, like, come play with me, and Keith was kind of, like, more like it, a lot of the guys I've, I've seen this theme with a lot of the guys, Atkinson, Yandel, um, I don't remember if and said this in his interview, but a lot of people are paying attention to what the Flyers are, have done this offseason, and that's been a really big key that those guys have talked about, like what Fletcher has been able to do and what he's been able to bring in. Um, so, th- th- so much for, I know there was this thing going on, like so much for Philadelphia being a place that people wanted to come to, because that that, <laughs> that was something that a lot of people thought when they couldn't attract big free agents, you know, was it that people just didn't want to come to Philadelphia? And it's like, hmm, you might want to hold back on that because it seems like a lot of guys are paying attention. But what what Fletcher has done, kind of changing the culture in the room has, has you know, he's traded, he's, he's traded Gospor Borachuk, I think was, was a lot was coming. Like it, it was kind of something we all knew was happening. But then when it did, um, it was kind of a big thing because he was one of your one of your core pieces, had been for a very long mm. time as part of your leadership group. Um, so that kind of opened a lot of eyes. Um, and bringing in a guy like Cam Atkinson, who still seems so pumped to be to be coming to Philadelphia has not. I completely has said nothing forgot but that happened, and I completely <laughs>
0: forgot. I completely forgot that Jake Voracek was even a blue jacket in the first place. Yes,
2: yeah, all the, yeah. All the jersey swaps that they had to make because Voracek had never been to Columbus before um but it's been really nice to see the excitement from these guys to come to Philadelphia because it it really kind of helps make you think like these like these changes were needed there is something needed to happen like what um was said about the team was it was not the right group of guys maybe like the team was Mm -hmm. good but the mix like they weren't like yelling Mm -hmm right? So I, I think bringing in these guys is hopefully going to be really good. And, and it's good to see the excitement from the guys coming in. that They've paid attention to what's going on. And, and they believe this is a team that's kind of on the rise. Um, And and with Jones, the, the, the other theme, it seems that the Flyers are trying to bring in guys, I don't want to say in the hopes to fix them. But it seems like that's kind of what they're hoping for um, with Rista Line and then with Jones and, and a big thing with Jones um, is the whole Kim Dillawell connection um, because he was the goaltending coach in, I, I think he was the AHL goaltending coach, if I'm not mistaken in Los Angeles. I think, I don't think he was the Kings I know, but he helped develop Jones. Um, oh, and okay. he had a very good couple year, years, well, like year or two in Los Angeles. Um, and then his first year his first couple years in San Jose were pretty good, but they're really banking on that connection with Dillabal. Um, That's kind of a big point of, of what they, of what Fletcher touched on, what, what Jones touched on um, was the relationship with Dillaball. So they're kind of banking on that. Um, and the thing in that direction is obviously that's going to, that's a risk in and it, of itself that you're bringing in a goaltender who's kind of been on a slight decline the past couple years, but also has San Jose really been good the past couple years I wouldn't Mm -hmm. necessarily say things have been great there either so it's one of those things similar to Ristolainen is you're hoping the change of scenery will help and bring him into a new situation um it's an exciting a lot of moves um for the Flyers because it it was a lot of that is Fletcher actually gonna do it this time is he really gonna Mm -hmm. be as aggressive as he says um he he wanted to be and he was going to so actually seeing the moves happen um is exciting and and bringing in a couple uh, of these names has been really exciting to see um it's uh, i just keep using the word exciting because it it is going to be fun to see what these what this new mix is going to be able to do because you did ship out some big names that who who had been in the city for a long time in the hopes that you are able to find that right mix because the team you had last year to the team you had prior to that there was just some, some big change and whether or not it was pandemic related or whether it really wasn't the right mix of people, um, I think will be interesting to follow just because of what they're bringing in and and what the hopes are. And you're obviously hoping that a lot of these young guys take a step forward. Um, You're you're hoping obviously Carter Hart takes a big step forward. That's also the big risk with Jones is that you're hoping that Hart's able to turn it around because if, Somehow if the relationship with Dillaball doesn't kind of help, um, and doesn't I don't want to say fix um Jones, but doesn't kind of at least push him back in the right direction. And if Hart isn't able to turn it around, then you're obviously back in, in a similar situation to last year. Because if you have at least average goaltending last season, I, I think it's a different season. And I think the Flyers maybe do mm-hmm. make the playoffs in that situation. So there's a lot of balls up in the air. There's a lot of risks, there's a lot of hoping a change of scenery will help. And I think that's what's exciting to see is, yeah. is kind of all the balls that are up in the air to see if they're able to turn things around and kind of get towards that contender status again.
0: Yeah, I was going to say actually like when you were talking about the goaltending and everything like and the, the, the defense and the goaltending I think were the two biggest issues uh-huh. for the Flyers this past year and I think they really did make pointed efforts to fix that. I mean, I am apprehensive. Obviously, having watched Rasmus Ristolainen play yeah. for the last few uh. years, but you could always make the argument <laughs> that it was in Buffalo. Um, yeah, but I, I think- do. But I do think that, like, when you look at the trade-off, like Haig versus Ristolainen, Goss Bear versus Yandel, like when you make the comparisons, I think and like account in like the change of scenery and everything, I really do think that they. On paper, they made improvements. Yeah,
2: on, on paper, it looks like a much better roster. And I think what's hilarious is that when a lot of people were like, oh, this team is still going to be, like, what it was, the, like, projections came out. I forget who does the projections. If it, like, um, I have to remember who, which site does this. And it was, like, the Flyers were projected to, like, win the Metro with, like, 100-something points. I was like, oh, okay. So, like, on paper, <laughs> this team is apparently really good. Um... But yeah, I think, to so the, so the whole rest of line and thing, because it's been such a topic, and it is still, still such a topic, is the whole, like, was it really Buffalo? Because when you look, when you look at results from, like, eight years, like, can you, can you make the argument that it was his surroundings? Or is there a point where you're like, well, yeah, maybe it has something to do with it, but, like, maybe he's also, like, that's just who he is. Mm. Um, I think that's going to be a big – that that's been such – oh, my God, that's been such an argument on Flyers' Twitter that it's, like, I just want the season so we can all shut up and, like, oh see boy. him on the ice. Yeah. I also, like, don't know that I want to. But um, I think that, yeah, that's been the biggest thing is the whole line and thing. I think that's been the most talked about just because of what he was in Buffalo and how much the Flyers are hoping that it's, like, the situation in Buffalo was just such a mess and he was relied upon probably more than he should should have been and maybe putting mm-hmm. him in a lesser role. I, I think the expectation is that he's going to be paired with Sandheim on the second pairing, um, which I think will will be an interesting pairing to see because um, you're obviously going to have uh, Ellis and Provorov and um, your third pairing, which for, why for some reason I can't think of anybody's name other than Keith Yandel. Um, because there's the thought of <laughs> so of, of Cam Me, every of, day of my Cam life. York maybe, but the whole acquisition of Yandel <laughs> made it seem like maybe this was the Flyers being like, we're gonna let Cam go back to the AHL and get get his feet wet a little bit more down there. Um, so that kind of seemed like partially why the Yandel move was made was to give him a little extra time, like if he's not ready, but also, I mean, if Yandel's gonna be in there every night, which is gonna be something to watch because of his Iron Man streak too. Is yeah. um you know how that's gonna go. Also, I literally had to look up the roster to figure out the other name and it was Justin Braun. Um can't believe I didn't remember him. Also the fact that the NHL website has the flowers with four defensemen, which is hilarious to me. Um because they still have Sam Moore as forward. Um because uh-huh. he re-signed and yeah well that experiment failed like miserably. Um, so he'll be he'll be back on defense. Um, that's pretty much been like confirmed, I believe, that he's gonna be back on defense. Um, so I I think just going back to the Rista Line and thing, I I think it'll just be that'll be the big thing to watch. I I think is is how going from Buffalo, um, and, and coming to yeah. a different place, like not even just Philadelphia in general, just coming somewhere else after everything that's gone on. There is it really a change of scenery. Like a lot of with a lot of players you always say, Oh, they just need a change of scenery. Like that's what this move is. It's just getting them somewhere new. So that'd be the biggest mm-hmm. thing I think to watch it is is he just who he is? Which I, I think is fair to say after eight seasons is, you know, how much more can you change after eight seasons? But I think the thing I'm most excited for about Risalin and when he was giving his um When he was in his when he had his press conference, um, which like low-key, I was at work for and did at work, no shame. Um, (laughs) And asked him a question, love it, no shame. Um, Was he said he is a he wants to be a pain in the ass, basically like he
1: wants to just be that
2: pain in the ass player, which a lot of people want to see in Philadelphia is those guys who aren't gonna let, um, who aren't gonna basically let their teammates get like thrown around. Which I that's a whole other tangent i could
0: go on segue ariel
2: that's a whole i don't even know what it was a segue to so i'm glad i was able to to give you that because i don't even um, know what it was
0: to. S- speaking of not letting teammates get thrown around um the rangers uh oh, have just true, basically true. turned themselves into the tom wilson defense uh defending against tom wilson squad
1: really true, um, true, that very true. this
0: man it's crazy how and and You know, I've gotten into arguments on Rangers Twitter about this, about how, well, it's not just because of Tom Wilson. It's because the Islanders' fourth line bodied them, too. Okay, I want to get this out now because I think this is, like, something that people don't understand. The Islanders' fourth line, there's basically no other fourth line like that in hockey. It's Casey Zazekas, Cal Clutterbuck, and Matt Martin. MC squared, baby. They, MC squared. They, I, I will stand by this. They are all capable NHL players. They are not mm-hmm. on that ice just to beat the crap out of you. They can score, they can make plays, and they can beat the crap out. Yeah, of Yeah, I was gonna all say three of them. All. all three they of them. Maybe Cal Clutterbuck the least, but like all three of them are capable of. I mean, Matt Martin has a playoff game-winning goal in the year of our Lord, yeah. twenty twenty-one. They are still, they are still viable, produ- productive NHL players. All three of them that are just extremely physical. There are not many, if any, fourth lines like that in the league. Mm-hmm. So, can we please relax with? Well, the Islanders' fourth line bodied them. They body everybody. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's why they're they- successful. That's why they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, please relax with that. It's really what happened with Tom Wilson, and it and it led to them – trade. I mean, many factors led to them trading Pavel Buchnevich, but they got Sammy Blay in return, who's a very physical, fourth-liner kind of guy. They, they signed Jared Tenorti, who, upon Googling him, one of the first things you find is a fight of him versus Tom Wilson.
1: Right, And they, traded for,
0: they traded for and extended Ryan Reeves. Who also has a history with Tom Wilson. So, and I they probably won't play all of the regular season games, but I know which ones for sure they'll be playing in. So set your calendars for October 13th uh, when the uh, Capitals play the Rangers. Um, it's just frustrating. I mean, I know that for cap reasons, they couldn't keep Booch, but it's frustrating to see them like making moves that actively make them worse. I agree. Um, and I mean, obviously, we don't know if this Eichel thing happens. Then it's a whole nother discussion because then you have Jack freaking Eichel on your team, and who knows what you have to give up in return for that. But if it's something oh. like Heedle, Kravstov, Gorgiev, and like, or like Heedle, Gorgiev, a first, and like Braden Schneider. Like, I love Braden <sighs> and Schneider, but like overall, that's not a horrible trade um yeah. so obviously the rangers offseason's not done yet i mean steve valakette literally just tweeted like my spidey senses are tangling hashtag like um and he kind of has like an inside track on decisions that the rangers are making so this is far from over but i just don't i don't it drives me nuts that one man has sent them into such a tizzy that right they need to like build up their armaments to fight this one person this one person and I just wanted to make that that connection and that comment because it's just been driving me insane and I just think it's
1: ridiculous and irrelevant and it's no it's it's so stupid and like what what makes it worse like tying it in with the Eichel stuff is like you said they literally just made the team worse like straight up and now the Eichel stuff, it's like, so we're going to make the team astronomically worse and then bring in Jack Eichel and, like, everything's going to be fine? Like, is that the game plan? And then, because... and then
0: that saves that, that <laughs> saves face, too, because then, like, everyone who's yeah. mad about the moves are suddenly going to be unmad.
1: Oh, yeah. Because yeah, they that's... got Jack Eichel.
0: So I, 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 Rangers Twitter's just been a dumpster fire, like, in relation yeah. to all this. And then... This is a very harsh – I mean, it's not a harsh left. It's just, like, this is a loose connection. I mean, to make matters worse, they Rangers fans, for some reason, h- hate the Carolina Hurricanes, and now they're becoming the new Rangers South. <laughs> Aside from signing Tony D'Angelo, which we waxed poetic about all of last yeah. week, uh, they signed Brendan Smith, uh, Antti Ranta, and Derek Stepan, and they already had Brady Shea. So they're just chock full of former Rangers. And Very my dad said to me on the phone the other day that we should just put, minus Tony, put all the former Rangers into one giant house and have them live together, Big Brother style. That would be, I would watch that. Derek Stepon under surveillance 24-7 might be like the best idea my dad's ever had. I would watch like, that. Like, I would though. watch that. Yeah. I would pay to watch that. I hope they bring back Stepan behind the
1: mic. Oh my goodness. Because I know Arizona so picked good. it up when we, when we
0: traded him there, but... Uh, yeah that's I mean that's the news but before we uh before we wrap up I did want to bring this this up because it's took taken hockey Twitter by storm I would say and has been the source of all of my entertainment for the last few days <laughs> so uh Nikita zadorov uh did a Russian interview about and there were questions about Nate McKinnon they don't play together anymore but there were questions about Nate McKinnon and the answers were translated from Russian. Um and here's some of the the highlights that people have harped on. So,
1: I'm he talks about
0: how intense Nate McKinnon is, how an, a fierce of a competitor Nate McKinnon is. I think we all know this to be true. Um but that I didn't see this part, but he has a dietologist or a diet or a nutritionist, I guess would be the closest, like American like Translation: He pays him yeah. fifty thousand dollars a year. He has a doctor, yep. physiotherapist in his house, pays him a thousand dollars a day, and he rents that guy an apartment. The doctor, and he has his own chef that he pays a hundred grand a year. Hell yeah! My
1: God!
0: And on top of that, he's c- kind of in- been enforcing his diet choices on his team, <laughs> meaning he's <laughs> cut out sugar. He's cut out dessert he's cut out soda he only drinks water he doesn't drink alcohol and it's gotten to the point where he's made changes to the in in arena meals for the team he had them cut out white sauce for pasta and has made them turn the pasta into chickpea pasta
1: right for his teammates
0: and he tells them, guys, if you want to eat that crap, you have the off-season for that. When you come here, there'll be none of that because we're winning the cup. Right. Simple. Plain and simple. And then he compares them to Michael Jordan, which I think is kind of a stretch, but I kind of see it with the intensity thing. But kind of, so It's kind of a stretch, but I, I I, see where he's getting at with it, but I wouldn't go that far. But yeah. So yeah, a uh, lot of people have been harping on the, the chickpea pasta. I personally haven't had chickpea pasta i no. haven't had bonza i've heard it's good um i'll stick to my regular carbs i i will say that i've had this these noodles called carbonata they're like egg noodles that don't have carbs in them those are pretty good Ooh, okay those are good um but yeah i've just it, guys it's just been so funny like all these memes like or this don't let nathan mckinnon eating plain chickpea pasta distract you from the fact that connor mcdavid still has a really weird house <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true Or this uh, Oh, people were comparing his diet to other people's diets Like Nathan McKinnon Eats nothing but kale, broccoli, and spinach For breakfast, lunch, and dinner Stanley Cups, zero Phil Kessel had a bucket of mini eggs for lunch Two Stanley Cups it Makes you think, huh? And people talk about like <laughs> yeah. how unhinged uh, Ovi's diet is Because he eats like chicken parm And pasta by like the truckload and yeah. like ch- drinks vodka like it's nobody's business, not to be a stereotypical Russian, but I, but like, yeah. And he has a cup and he's pretty successful at what he does. Um, but yeah, it's just been, guys, it's just been really funny. If you guys, I mean, I'm sure if you're on hockey yeah. Twitter and you listen to us, I'm sure you've seen it, but Jesus. Uh. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not
2: winning a ceiling cup of my lifetime, so I'm going to continue my sex and I'm I'm continue, I mean, continue guys, what pasta, I do, but with more power to you.
1: Pasta is, pasta goes crazy. Pasta is so deeply personal to me. <laughs> I love pasta so much. I had, I had pasta, not yesterday, but the day before. I'm a big fan of noodles and company. I was just I going know. to say that. If I hear the words noodles and company, I get, like, feral. No, literally. I got just like straight like elbows and tomato sauce the other day and it like did something to my body like it like struck me (laughs) like i'm getting like (laughs) y'all ever get emotional over pasta yes like every day yes mac and cheese is
0: my favorite food
1: as as is mine so true so true so true. i actually
0: made uh i well, it was vegetarian but i made like a bolognese sauce out of like tempeh which is like soybean it's like tempeh so tempeh is delicious but i made a vegetarian bolognese with it, it was like mushrooms tempeh like that sounds so the regular base of like celery carrots onions um and then like the to- like basil tomato sauce white wine um but i had it last night left over with like a big pile of spaghetti. And it it just went right to my soul, guys. It went right to my soul.
1: I'm so hungry. My mouth is it's like literally time. watering right now. Yeah, literally.
0: <laughs> but I I just feel sorry that Nate McKinnon won't feel the joy doesn't feel the joy of that experience.
1: He, he will never know the spiritual experience that is ordering from noodles. I company. wonder if, like,
0: once he's, like, retired or whatever, he finally allows himself to eat, pot- like, real pasta and, like, actual sauce again. Like, will his soul just leave his body? Will he
1: just transcend to another spiritual plane? I really hope so. I'd be really happy for him.
0: I would be, too. I think... I mean, I would just hope that, like, if he finally wins the cup, like, if I'm his girlfriend or... I think I don't think he's married. If I'm his girlfriend, I would just like you know how they eat things out of the cup. Yeah, I just make him a big ass bowl Ugh. of pasta and put it in the cup. Like eat it. <laughs> I feel like you. I feel you like you have it. to. I feel. Uh, yeah.
2: That's. What I feel like. I feel like if he is to win the cup, I feel like that is when he's going to eat out of the cup. He's finally going to be like, I've reached the pinnacle. I've done what I needed to do. And now it's time to
1: just pasta load time. up on the pasta.
0: Like imagine not only not eating pasta, but then you can't. You also can't have sugar.
1: Oh my god, is he okay? Like I can cut out one, but the but
0: both? No, I couldn't. Yeah, you yeah. can't cut out both. And then meanwhile, like uh Kale McCarwen asked if he ever splurged on anything with his NHL player money. He said, "I bought a Slurpee." So true. That mood. was that was his so big true. splurge. Not mu- not cars, not a house, not, you know, a nice suit. I splur I bought a Slurpee. That's that's a mood. Yeah. That's the most Kale McCar thing ever. But I I felt like we needed to talk about Nate McKinnon's diet because I felt personally attacked by the fact that this man forces other people to not eat pasta. Well, eat regular (laughs) pasta. They eat chickpea (laughs) pasta. But apparently also chickpea pasta is good. Maybe maybe before now and next week, we'll try chickpea pasta. We'll come back with a report.
1: If I can find it. I will absolutely, I'll do a little overview.
0: There's that company, Bonza, and it's, like, everywhere. They make chickpea pasta. B-A-N-Z-A. So true. Pasta. Bonza
1: pasta. (laughs) I just just Googled it. I just Googled it,
0: and the first result is, looking for Bonza, you found us. Oh, Oh. we found you. I've had uh, brown rice pasta before, I think it was. And the only problem with that is if you leave it out too long, it just becomes mush. (laughs) So, beware of that. (gasps) Bonza comes in wheel
1: shape. They also (laughs) also
0: have alphabets.
2: This is just turning into a pasta review.
1: No, I just got an email. I order... This can be our little closing, because now we're just... Now we're just talking about pasta. (gasps) ...about food, but... I got an email yesterday. I order from, like, the Hello Kitty Sanrio website a lot um, because I would have issues. That feels like such
2: a, that just feels right.
1: So they sent a survey and they were like, will you fill out the survey about future product ideas for, like, a coupon? And I was like, absolutely, say less. And they're looking into, like, different Hello Kitty themed foods to sell. And one of them was Hello Kitty shaped pasta. And I nearly cried. I was like oh my god like when they were like would you buy this I was like strongly agree strongly agree and like (laughs) what else they had like Hello Kitty like boba Hello Kitty acai bowls like Hello Kitty strawberry waffles like I was just having such a moment like all of that was just
0: now I'm thinking about when like I'm not gonna lie to you guys (laughs) when uh, Kraft made Perry the platypus shaped (laughs) pot like pot like mac and cheese that made me the happiest human alive i love perry Perry the platypus
1: no like the paw patrol mac and cheese just tastes better when it it
0: tastes better when i was younger the spongebob one it always hit different or the spirals i agree the spirals i agree always hits different than the normal (laughs) macaroni
1: for sure on that note on that note um, um, it's, lunchtime. it's lunchtime. It is absolutely lunchtime.
0: <laughs> but that's been us. That's been Bunch of Beauties. Thank you for listening. Uh, again, as we mentioned earlier in the show, we are uh, no longer at Pucker Up Sports. So you can follow us, our new Twitter account, at Beauties Pod on Ooh. Twitter. You can follow us there. And uh, our individual Twitters are linked in the bio. So if you want to follow all three of us uh, individually, you can as well um all of that is readily available for you on our twitter and we hope to be uh, a much more active social media presence now that we have our own account um so look out for that stuff uh and as always you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts and that's our show so thank you for listening and uh we hope to see you guys next week Bye. bye besties bye